Press play. Why don't you press play? Have you pressed play yet? Just press the, it's the play, but it's the play button. It's the little button with the triangle. Oh, you pr- you pressed you pressed it already? Okay, never mind. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't. I wasn't sure if you pressed it or not. Padded Room Radio is on the air, you sons of bitches. My name is Darian. I am coming to you in 2022. What's going on, everybody? It's the first episode of 2022. Welcome to the new year, you motherfuckers. How do you like it so far? How's it treating you? Mine? Uh, (laughs) it's a little creepy, to be honest with you. Got some weird stuff going on at work. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but it's a little weird. New Year's, how was your New Year's Eve? That's what I really want to know. Did you go out? I didn't. I did not. I stayed home and got drunk with my friends uh, in my kitchen, and we sang songs like a bunch of hooligans. Can you, can you complain about that? I don't think you can. I mean, it could be a lot worse. Um, there, was no, there, was, there was some vomit, but it was not from me. I'm not going to name who it was, but it came uh, early the next morning, and it was not me. So normally I'm the I'm the, the the culprit when it comes to vomit after alcohol drinking. I I actually maintain this time somewhat, although uh, um, a police officer friend of mine showed up with her breathalyzer, and I can tell you I did not pass. I oddly enough though I passed the sobriety test. You know where they make you hop around like a jackass. I did not pass uh, the actual breathalyzer, so I don't know. Um, she said I would have been arrested for sure, and I'm sure I would have, because I was laughing at her the whole time. <laughs> and if that doesn't get you arrested, or at the very least a good clubbing, I don't know what will. Because I, from what I understand, police do not like to be laughed at. That's just maybe it's a regional thing. I don't know. Anyway, I am here. I will be with you uh, for the duration of 2022, as usual. Uh, Monica and Buddy, not so much. Um, Monica is still dealing with uh, family and uh, health issues. Buddy, much the same, along with a hectic work schedule. Uh, so you're stuck with me, inmates. But we got a lot of shit going on in 2022, my friends. I got some new plans and schematics. I got some upgrades and some downgrades and some sideways grades and other things going on. I might, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I got a lot of shit on the burner, is what I'm telling you. And uh, get ready, because I think uh, we got, we got. I got some. I got what I think are good ideas. I realize th- things that I think are a good idea aren't always the best idea. In some, in occasions, they're they're usually pretty shitty ideas. But 
Uh, I floated this one past some buddies of mine. They seemed on board. I got some things happening. I can't say any more. I'm not going to, you know, let the weasel out of the, the trousers or whatever they call it these days. But uh, some things are happening this year, and I think you're going to dig it. All right, enough about me and my bullshit. I got some horror news here. Should we do that? Should we get into some horror news? Why not? Horror news. Yeah, buddy. Uh, what do we have here? A couple weeks ago, or actually, was it last week? I think it was last week, I told you about Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. I'm telling you, dudes, it's a pretty good fucking show. And uh, it re- reinvigorated my interest in Resident Evil, as you noticed. We're doing a, a whole franchise run-through of Resident Evil, taking taking me deep into February. But Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City in my opinion, is probably the best of the franchise. I don't, it's not even really part of it. It's a reboot. But it's coming to Blu-ray and uh, 4K Steelbook in February. It's jumping right to Steelbook. That's how good it is. They don't put shitty movies in Steelbook. You know what I mean? I can't find uh, I Am Zozo in a Steelbook. I would love to. I love that movie, but nobody else does. Uh, it's, it, I, DVD is the best I could do on uh, I Am Zozo. Uh, Friday the 13th, you know all about that, don't you? Uh, looks like litigation has finally, allegedly, concluded. Now, as most of you know, we haven't seen any new Friday the 13th movies or video games or posters or memorabilia or anything at all, really, for, God, like 15 years now. And the reason why is because that whole intellectual property was wrapped up in a very lengthy legal legal battle. Um, I'm not sure who the, which studio retained the, or which, the studio that had, last had the rights. I know it wasn't New Line. Um, I think it may have been Paramount because they put out that remake. But, uh, the, the writer of the original screenplay, uh, Victor Miller, recently, if what I read is true, he just retained, he just, uh, reclaimed ownership of the whole shit. So... That might mean something. That might mean we might get a fucking thing with a hockey mask or something. I don't know. There might be... Uh, I would love it if they did something with that video game. Because I felt like there was a lot of potential there. And uh, it just kind of took a shit because nobody could update it or do anything new with it, really. Dead by Daylight, on the other hand, alive and kicking. What else we got here? Speaking of Resident Evil, Resident Evil Village. Oh, I haven't played this yet, but... From what I understand, there's a very sexy lady in the in the video game. Uh, lady Demiscu or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But if you go on the internet and you type in Resident Evil sexy, this chick is going to pop up all over the place. I've seen pictures of her. She appears to be very attractive, but I guess some kind of zombie, vampire. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, Resident Evil Village wins Game of the Year for 2021 at the Steam Awards. So, there's that. I'll tell you what, what I also did. I was so inspired by Welcome to Raccoon City. I just, re, I just downloaded uh, Resident Evil 1, the uh, remastering or whatever it is for PS4. It's only five bucks. If you want it, right now is the time to get it. It's only five bucks, 75% off. So, I guess that means it normally goes for 20 bucks. Uh, you get it right now for five bucks through the 19th of January. 
Uh, anyway, game of the year, Resident Evil Village. I'm into that. That's pretty cool. All the Resident Evil games are downloadable on PS4. And I'm not going to say that I'm going to do them all because I remember playing them and I remember they pissing me off quite a bit. But anyway, there's that. Here's something I'm very excited for. Keanu Reeves, uh, who, in my humble opinion, is a better actor than Johnny Depp. And I will fight you over that. Keanu Reeves is going to star in an adaptation of The Devil in the White City. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. It's a re- I read the book. It's a very good book. Um, it's basically a retelling of the events of the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. I may be wrong about the year. But it's basically, uh, they had the World, World's Fair in Chicago. Um, they built the very first ever Ferris wheel. Uh, rolled it out for, during that, that uh, World's Fair. And while that was going on, a couple blocks away, America's first serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes, had built himself a murder hotel, which has been the inspiration for a lot of horror movies and American horror stories and things like that. Uh, a lot of people just went missing during the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. The book is phenomenal, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into true crime or not, but... The book, you, if, you, if you are looking for something to read or listen to on your way to work, check out The Devil in the White City. Great book. Uh, lastly, it looks like Morbius, you know that uh, Marvel vampire movie with Jared Leto? Uh, the release date has actually been pushed up to April 1st of this year. So we're going to get this thing in a couple of months here. Um, it's probably because of the success of that last Spider-Man movie. That would be my opinion. You wanna you don't want the you don't want to let the heat die out on Spider-Man because Morbius is a uh, or Mobius I mean is a Spider-Man villain usually I think if I remember right I think he was a a villain for a little bit but then he joined uh, Blade and the Night Stalkers and he started hunting other vampires or something like that it's been a long time I've never been a big Spider-Man guy uh, to tell you the truth but uh, it's been pushed up April first and that's no joke that's not an April Fool's joke I don't think. Um, it looks good, man. It's got Michael Keaton in it, so he's probably reprising his role as a vulture. I know this is going to fit into the whole scheme of things somehow, uh, but uh, there you have it. Check that out, man. That's all I got on the horror news. Are you guys ready for some listener mail? I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, let's see how many dick pics we got this week, shall we? Rush really just call the, sh- the this segment of the show listener dick pics because... Seem to be acquiring quite a bit of those. All right, here we go. Listener mail. Listener mail. Well, yeah. Uh, what do we got here? We got some things, uh, some emails and some voicemails and uh, some other stuff. Let's start it off with some emails, shall we? Here comes from jolly old London, England. It's the horror slut herself. Cat is here. How about a big round of applause for Cat? Cat is out saving the world. She's a nurse and she's doing a fantastic job. And I think we all owe her a debt of gratitude. Thank you, Cat. Say it with me. Thank you, Cat. Um, subject line Happy New Year. Evening, gents. I hope everyone had a fun, safe New Year's. Really short tonight as I'm on a quick break and remembered I had not written in yet. 
Terradome is a tough one this week, but I think I'm going with Pyramid Head. I doubt any terror Kayako, you, Kayako, I get, I always fuck up that pronunciation. Correct pronunciation is Kaiko. It's a very quick name, Kaiko. That's how the Japanese do it. Uh, any terror Kaiko uses on him would affect him. Back to work, have a great night, cat. Um, sure, I get that, cat. And, uh, you know, I don't think, my thing, though, is I don't think that Kaiko kills by scaring you to death, per se. I think she, uh, like, she can get you with her hair. You know what I mean? Remember that scene in the shower? Fuck. That was nasty. Did you see that last Grudge movie? Uh, the one that came out, two, like, a year ago, two years ago? That was not a bad show. I, I really enjoyed that one. It didn't really fit into the mythos, you know, because now the grudge is here in the United States and there's a cop involved and all kinds of fun stuff. But as a, as a horror movie and kind of just keeping with the, the idea of, um, you know, this thing gets passed around and it's going to kill you and fuck with you until it does, I thought it was a pretty good show. All right, Kat, thank you for uh, writing in, babe. Let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy... Subject line, New Year, who dis? Evening padded room, hope everyone is doing well. Maybe Buddy snuck out of work, made it in tonight, and everyone had a great New Year's. Really quick tonight, as I'm beat from the day, power steering in the rig was having issues today, but I got one hell of a workout thanks to that. Dome, I think I'm going Pyramid Head, only because he has a huge fucking sword, and that's badass. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, not sure how it helps against a ghost, but why not? Now I'll put out a question to the other listeners. Who wants to hear Darian write more horror erotica? Uh, not me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not excited about that, Eric Cowboy. If you do, vote Sill in the upcoming fights. And yes, that is open and shameless pandering for votes. Yeah, we know that, Cowboy. You're, you're a repeat offender there. Didn't get to watch much this week, but hopefully I'll get a chance to make notes for last year's good movies. Thanks, Tim and Mushroom. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. That is all we have on the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, what do you call their emails? We have some voicemails lined up for you. Uh, let's see who's up first here. All the way from Alabama, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the fucking uh, darkness, I guess, of people that call into the podcast. Here comes Alan. Padded room, what's up? What's up, Alan? Uh, I hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. I hope everybody has a happy new year. Absolutely. You too, my uh, friend. Terror Dome. What do you got? Jimmy Pyramid Head yeah. and Mr. Darian, you are the dead. You are Be well. Bye. Alan got me. I was the dead. He nailed it. Good job, Alan. Uh, right on. Thank you for calling in, sir. We did. I had a, all things considered, Alan. I had a great New Year's. New Year's Eve. Uh, I had a party here at my house. People started leaving at like nine thirty, but <laughs> to be fair, they started showing up at like three thirty. So we got a lot of drinking done in that, uh, what, four or five hours there. And by the time 9.30 rolled around, everybody's like sitting on the couch, <laughs> looking at their watches. Uh, ooh, 9.30, huh? <laughs> it's, you know what? We're getting up there in the years, Alan. All right? I'm sorry. 
Uh, I'm not going to go to a bar or go downtown on New Year's Eve. I'm going to get stabbed or at the very least puked on. Um, why not just why not just go to uh, somebody's house? You know, that way you're you're still surrounded by people, and there's still a chance you'll get puked on or stabbed. But at least it'll be by somebody that you know, and you know. Later on, you can you can make the decision as to whether or not uh, you're going to call the police because if it, that happens in public, that's not your call. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see here. Let's get down to beautiful Southern California. Here comes Miss Monica's pod boyfriend. You know him from his work in Mad Max, Fury Road, uh, Rock and Rolla, Bane in Batman. It is, of course, Tom Hardy. Hey, yo! Padded Room, how's my favorite degenerates this week? Well, I'm here. I uh, hope everyone is doing well and celebrating a uh, new year. We are. Sort More of. fucked up shit to come from the Padded Room Network, <laughs> I can guarantee. <laughs> you betcha. Uh, anyway, I wanted to get in uh, real quick with the... Um, the Terror Dome. Yes, sir. What and, do you think? Uh, Pyramid Head versus Kayako, I believe it is. Yes, sir. I don't recall whether Kayako is the grudge or the ring. The grudge. With that being said, though, um, you know, I always have impeccable lock. You do. Oh, crap. He got paused. Let's. let's uh... Hey, yo. All right. Yep. Guaranteed. Uh, anyway, I wanted to get in uh, real quick with the. Um, let's take it from the top. The Terror Dome. And. Uh, Pyramid Head versus, versus Kayako, Kayako, I believe it is. Yeah. I don't recall whether Kayako is the grudge or the ring. Uh, grudge. With that being said, though. She is the grudge. Um, you know, I always have impeccable logic when you it do. comes to the Terror Dome. And I have seen both the grudge and the ring. Okay. And I have not seen Silent Hill. Oh, well, there you go. So that means, obviously, it's going to go to Kayako. I mean, this again, impeccable logic, you know. I mean, uh, I can't believe you haven't seen Silent sword, Hill. But she's a ghost. Sure. And yeah. Ghosts can sprout wings, right, Darian? Absolutely. Well, uh, also, it's possible. Um, oh, Why are we going back to wings? the education department, Darian, much better with the clues. You got you me. You are the dead, sir. Yeah, you did it. Now, these are the type of clues we inmates need. Okay. We're not, we don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> horror like yourself, sir. I am a loser. So, you know, kind of keep the clues right there, you know. Okay. You, you got them right in the uh, difficulty range there. You know? Okay. Something like. I'll give you an easy Something one like this. You could say, hey, this is my favorite uh, movie of the franchise. Okay. And it features some dumb bitch who uh, uh-huh. apparently is related to a killer and says the most cringeworthy shit ever. Uh, oh, God. Do your thing, cuz. Oh, okay. Uh, the only thing that could top that Texas is. Texas Chainsaw, uh, yeah. She says, welcome to welcome Texas, to Texas motherfucker. To motherfucker that was born and raised in Texas, and she just got there 15 minutes it's ago. It's true. Yeah. Those are the type of clues, you know, that okay. uh, inmates and I uh He's still mad. To. He's still mad about that. Um, what I really want okay. to get at, too, though, was the what are you looking at. Yeah, part. what do you got, got for a us, couple but... of things. Um, uh, a couple of things, and there was one I really wanted to get to. Okay. Um, I caught this uh, old uh, black and white flick. Uh, You're still on that. Maybe it was. I don't fucking remember. It had Vincent Price, and it's called The Bat. The, and ba- the yeah. Bat is like this crazy killer fucker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool costume for the uh, uh, for the time period, you know. Yeah. But um, uh, the only thing about it is, it's again more of a thriller, yeah, uh, murder Crime, mystery noir. than like a horror. But yeah, I know what you. Uh, another one I was able to catch was um, "I Bury the Living." Okay, that's not started a bad off kind of cool. Started off like, oh man, there's something cool going again. Turned into more of a mystery, yeah, suspense thing, and uh, kind of lost, kind of lost me there. That's why um, that's the that's what you get. Oh yeah, 
And then, uh, of course, Bucket of Blood. Uh, I watched that again. <laughs> the Dick Miller I don't know classic. Why I, that again. I always think it's going to be better than no, what it is. No, I mean, it's, it's not. fine. Uh, but it's kind of funny. I noticed. Um, There's a remake. It's listed as a comedy horror of or course. a horror comedy. GP'd. Uh, apologies, Tom Hardy, but you knew that was coming. You get GP'd every week, my friend. He did call back. Bucket of Blood. How did that, that, that movie has like, there's like a uh, remake of that one in, that came out in like, uh, I think it was like 1996 or something like that. Why would that movie get remade? Have, have you guys seen Bucket of Blood? It's ridiculous. It's, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's like this starving artist, tortured soul kind of a dude. He's a sculptor, and he's like really into this beatnik community. And via some macabre means, he thinks he uncovers... Uh, some inspiration, and it's and you know what the even dumber part is, Tom Hardy. The remake was starring Anthony Michael Hall, if I'm not mistaken. How much? Do, <laughs> I don't know. That must have been like in the death throes of his career. Although I don't know what I'm talking about because he was in uh, Halloween Kills and he did a pretty good job. Okay, back to Tom Hardy. GP. G motherfucking P. Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! Woo! Anyway, um, ah. Uh, Fuck, man. I can't bucket remember what blood. I was talking about. This bucket of blood. that I had seen or whatever. Um, oh, Bucket of Blood. Like yeah. I said, it's listed as like a comedy horror or horror comedy. Sure. And there are some like Chuckles. funny moments in yeah. it. Like a couple of the kind of beatnik characters or like comic relief. But yes. I don't know. Maybe I didn't get it. I just didn't think it was enough comedy, you know, enough to be listed as yeah. that as a horror comedy or I comedy. Get you. whatever. Just was curious your opinion. The other thing I really wanted to get into exactly. was this flick, um, the Friday, the fan flick, Friday the 13th. Um, Which one? Rose Red. Whoa. And I had called a couple of months ago when I saw I the not trailer, and I was like, hey, man, you know, this thing's coming out. Rose probably going to be Red. super fucking cool. Man, I got to tell you, I huh. was fucking disappointed. Oh, no. Um, yeah, bad business, man. Um, there's an hour and a half. Okay. And fucking, Where'd you, you feel it? every fucking minute. Oh, no. And the worst part, I mean, yeah, that's bad acting. Here's the, here's the part that really pisses me off. Okay. I don't want to talk bad about this flick. Because it's a fan flick. Yeah, of never course. Made a flick. I couldn't make anything half as good See? as this, I'm sure. Yeah. But when you have, like, the original... Tina character, and you have the original oh, the, Nick character coming back. brought them back, okay. And you got fucking Jason. Come on, you right. got fucking Jason. I mean, well, all right, look. The Go movie ahead. is an hour and a half. Right. I shit you not, you do not see Jason until like an hour and five minutes into the movie, an hour and six minutes into the movie. Okay. Now, remember, we still have credits to go through. That's another, like, <laughs> you know, three, four minutes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, it's more of a Tina movie than, than a Tina Shepard movie okay. than anything oh. else. And Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, God, it's just rough, man. It's I don't know. rough. They spend so much time. Yeah. That's um, the... Well, real quick, let me just give you a quick story okay. here. It's all about, uh, supposedly happened, you know, right after Friday sure. the 13th Part uh, 7 happened, the new blood. Okay. She gets carted off into this fucking uh, research facility where they're trying to tap her, you know, uh-huh. powers or whatever. Right. They spend the entire fucking movie showing you that all of these uh, military folk and uh, doctors are all a bunch of fucking assholes and the worst fucking people ever. Of course, yeah. They spend all their time with this. Oh. I guess so when Jason finally fucking kills him, you are like, yay. But uh, that's not, 
God, it's, yeah. just, it's just a waste. It's just such a waste. Why is it and, called Rose uh, Red? There was one positive in it. Is okay. the music. It kind of sounds like a Man little bit of Phantasm, Ooh. the theme, I guess. All right. But, I mean, it, it's got the uh, typical, um, you know, Jason theme in it. It's got a fucking cameo. And GP'd again. Uh, apologies, Tom Hardy. But, you know, when when you have a lot to say, you have to, you know your time limit. Your time limit is three minutes on the voicemails. So, I don't know, you know, I mean, like, Troy, he would go off for a while, but he would keep a, he would keep an eye on the clock, and he would say, oh, I'm going to get GP, I'll call you back. That way, he didn't get cut off like this. But, Tom Hardy called back. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy. G motherfucking peed again. Double GP. Yes, Damn. sir. All right, yeah. so anyway, um... The music, like I said, is, is the theme is pretty good. It's okay. got a cameo by Michael Myers and Jason and Michael Myers, quote unquote, fight for a second. Oh God! I got ah, man. I See, hate to say it because, like I said, I, I remember Never Hike Alone being such a good. It was flick, great. And it's yeah, a fan flick. And if I remember cor- correctly, that thing was under an hour. Yeah, it knew what yeah. it was. It knew how to do it, and it knew to get in and get the fuck out. Fucking this a. flick here, it's like they wanted to make like a feature length flick, and sure. they just. They weren't going to stop till they had an hour and a half, even though, I mean, this flick parred down yeah. could be, you know, a decent 45, 50-minute flick, you know? Okay. Like, yeah, the acting would still be poor and all that, but so much of this shit is just over the fucking top. Yeah. Um, like I said, wasting so much time portraying these other people as bad people. Fuck off. And then they fucking... The, Tina and this new girl, Rose, have powers, but they only work when it's convenient for the plot. Of course. And then they don't work when it's convenient for the plot. Fuck off. I don't know, man. I can do without that shit. Yeah. I I totally recommend you steer away from it, uh, inmates. Um, I get that. I I hate to even... I I would say, like, it's probably the worst flip of 2021. Oh, no. And that's taking into account that it's... It's a fan flick. It yeah. doesn't have a lot of backing behind it. Yeah. I, I feel like such an asshole for bashing Dude, it. Well, man, it was just, it was just dragging. Oh, there's also a uh, Creighton Duke is in it. But, oh, boy. You know, not, the char- not the actor that played, played him in Just another Part Creighton eight, Duke, but, sure. You know, his character is in it. Why? I mean, Why would stuff you like that where that? it's like, hey, man, you got, you got some good thoughts here, some good ideas. Creighton Sprinkle Duke is not a, a good little, thought. You know, a little bit of fucking uh, fanfare, you sure. know, but. Oh man, it was just too long for what it was. I my, get that. My final, final judgment on it. I get. Anyway, sorry for droning on. No, Love you're you fine. Like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Uh, see, that's the thing, Tom Hardy. I have flirted with the idea of making a fan film or a fan fiction film type of a thing. Uh, the reason why I wouldn't is because number one, I'm a horror dork, of course, obviously. Number two. I would have to answer to other horror dorks. So say, for example, I wanted to make a, uh, I don't know, maybe a, we'll just say a Jeepers Creepers movie, okay? Uh, First off, uh, there's no way I can master the special effect given the given the friends and like enthusiasts that i have here in reno and i've made bad movies before you've seen most of them i'm sure um there's no way i can pull off the creeper you know i've got a special effects girl she does pretty good work she's she's not she's not gonna make the creeper sprout wings there's no fucking way so what kind of a story could i write that would in any way do the creeper justice 
You know what I mean? It's it's it it for a fan film, it's really hard. And you got to remember, there's other horror dorks out there that I would have to answer to. You know what I'm saying? So say I made the Jeepers Creepers movie, but I tried to say, uh, you know, uh, he comes, he actually can come out every five years instead of 23 years. People are going to be like, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not accurate, my friend. Actually, the Creeper's not allowed to come out after more than 23 years, so there's no way that could happen, you doofus. <laughs> you know, and then I would get eaten alive by, the, by you guys, as I should, for such an oversight. Why would you bring... I don't I haven't seen the movie. I have not seen this uh, Rose, uh, Friday the 13th Rose Red situation. But why would you bring Creighton Duke back? Uh, Jason Goes to Hell is unarguably, well, it's pretty close to, if not the worst of the, of the franchise. Uh, certainly an argument could be made for Jason Goes to Manhattan. I was never that big on Jason X. I know a lot of people loved it for some goddamn reason. But that, that, that whole scenario where Jason becomes a body hopper, that can easily be forgotten about. We can pretend that that is not canon and that it's technically it's not part of the Friday the 13th franchise because the title of the movie is not Friday the 13th. It's just Jason goes to hell. So we can just pretend that shit didn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna install your own fan film into the Friday the 13th franchise, um, you should really pick it up. I mean, I guess you're trying to sandwich this one between seven and eight. So it, it, really, anywhere in there is fine. Creighton Duke doesn't fucking matter. And he wasn't even that great of a character anyway. <laughs> Half the shit he said didn't make any sense. All right, all right, all right. That's it. That's uh, I've said my piece. Let me just uh, check the old junk folder real quick, make sure nobody got dumped. Oh, it's a good thing I checked the, uh, the junk folder because we got a couple of last-minute emails here. One of them... This motherfucker, here comes Carter Burke, the son of a bitch. Subject line, let's play a game. (laughs) These motherfuckers, I swear to God. Uh, Carter Burke coming in. What do these two pictures have in common? Now, on one picture is Richard Nixon. The other picture, of course, is me. And he says, they are both dicks. Love, Carter Burke. You motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, Carter, I swear to God, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give you points for creativity because that was a pretty good one. Uh, and also apparently Carter Burke is stalking my, my Facebook profile and he found probably the least flattering picture of me. Uh, I believe it was right after a 5k, but it looks like I had a pretty good pace on that one. So good for, good for me there. But I guess I'm a, well, you're the dick Carter Burke. You shouldn't have uh, left those space marines behind to get blown up. And uh, the Weyland-Yutani Corporation isn't going to pay for your funeral, you motherfucker. Um, That being said, here comes Tony, last-minute style, subject line, Happy New Year. Greetings, padded room. Hope everyone is well with this new year. First of all, I don't see how the Terror Dome can go any other way than Pyramid Head winning. He is an executioner in an other world. That is the creation of someone's deepest, darkest fears. Kaiko is a Japanese emo ghost who does an okay job at scaring white girls. Pyramid head for the win. Uh, I believe she's also scared um, 
She scared a, a, a Asian old lady too. So there's that, Tony. But I'm going to put you down for a pyramid head. Apparently, me and Tom Hardy are the only ones on Team Kayako on this one. That's fine. Excuse me. <clears throat> this year, I have a very ambitious goal of watching more horror movies than Darian. A much more obtainable goal is to just keep track of the movies. So far, I'm at five. I believe I'm at three so far, Tony. So you're, you got, you're off to a nice, uh, a nice uh, little head start there. It never sleeps. This was okay. Ghosts can't just be ghosts anymore, so this time it's PTSD. I agree, Tony. That was about the way I was going to summarize that. It. Oh, uh, Resident Evil. I remember liking this a lot more when it came out. This isn't a very good movie. <laughs> yeah, let's, I got a few thoughts on that. Uh, Eight-Legged Freaks. This is easier, easier to watch than Resident Evil. I guarantee that I watch this again before Resident Evil. No one gets out alive. This one was actually pretty good. Defiantly, an, or I think he meant definitely an original ending that I didn't see coming. I like that one a lot. No one gets out alive. Uh, the Dead. Answer to educating Mrs. Darien. Look at this fucking guy. Everybody's got jokes tonight, huh? Is that what it is? All right. Uh, Mrs. Darien and a decent zombie movie. Until next time, Tony. Uh, that was actually a really good zombie movie. The Dead. Uh, the sequel, have you guys seen the sequel? It's not, it's not bad, but it's not quite on par with, uh, The Dead. The Dead 2, I think, is, um, uh, takes place in India, if I'm not mistaken, and, uh, uh, there's like a college student trying to find his girlfriend, but his, uh, her parents don't like him or some shit like that. Anyway, uh, that's a pretty good show. That's also worth checking out. All right, uh, you motherfuckers, Tony, Tom Hardy, Alan, uh, Kat, Cowboy, love you guys. Carter Burke can go fuck himself, sending me pictures of myself like I'm a dick. All right, Carter Burke. <laughs> uh, thank you guys, except for Carter Burke, very much for uh, writing and calling in. I think it's time for me to get into a fucking movie here, boys. Let's do that. Deep underground. In the top secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus, capable of contaminating the entire world, has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building! Who's that? It's the brakes! It's okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Red Queen went homicidal. Who's the Red Queen? State-of-the-art artificial intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race. Everyone stay calm. You have to get out. Don't listen to anything she says. She's a holographic representation of the Red Queen. Maybe our only way out of here. How is she still standing? She isn't standing now. No one is immune. Resident Evil. 
all going to die down here. It's Resident Evil, the original from 2002. This one got 6.7 stars on IMDb. Written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. This one stars Mia Jovovich, Michelle Rodriguez, and Eric Mabius. Um, <clears throat> so, here's the, here's the thing, man. Uh, I'll, I'm going to do the whole breakdown, but I'm going to tell you right now that sometimes... And I think Tony would agree with me. Nostalgia is wildly overrated. And, you know, you like, for fucks, um, I, I checked, oh, God. What the, uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street is a good example. We've all seen it. We all loved it, right, at one point. You watch it now and you're like, this is kind of silly, <laughs> right? I kind of I kind of feel that way a little bit about Resident Evil. Now, I was always a big fan of the video games, and I'm going to tell you right now, this movie in particular has very little to do with the video games. There's some names and places and things like that, but um, and not, not, you're not going to recognize any anything or anyone in this at all, so there's that. Um, we start off in a what appears to be a office building, and it's a high-rise situation, and uh, you know, it's people riding in elevators, shuffling papers. Uh, there's also people in lab coats walking around, uh, people talking on the phone, people pushing carts, things like that. Uh, one guy gets shoulder checked and bumped real hard and he spills coffee on himself and he's like, that's dick. And then, uh, he gets in, there's like some office dramas, people flirting each other up and some other bullshit. Uh, what happens though is all of a sudden, uh, the place, the whole building goes into like an emergency lockdown. And that's kind of everybody's like, "Hey, what's uh, what's going on here? This will this is just gotta be like a glitch or something. It'll fix itself. Uh, nobody can get out. And uh, inside the laboratory areas, the uh, fire prevention system goes off, causing the place to fill with water. So the ceiling sprinklers are on. Uh, they're airtight, and they're now being filled with water. And the scientists are all, you know, trying to get out like." smashing the glass with axes and stuff like that they can't get out dude uh inside some of the other offices the the doors seal themselves apparently they're airtight also and gas starts coming in through the uh the air ducts uh they're all dead we're gonna cut to a particular group of uh corporate types that are stuck in an elevator and uh the the car the elevator next to them basically just loses its cabling and plummets however many floors down, crushing everybody inside. Everybody in our elevator hears it, and they start freaking out. So they try to pry the doors open, and that's great. They get them open like, uh, I don't know, six, maybe six, 12 inches, enough for one unfortunate young lady to get her head through, and she realizes that uh, the floor, the elevator is like between floors, and that's when that, that one's cable drops, but it, the emergency brake kicks in just before she gets decapitated. But then for some reason, the elevator goes up and she gets decapitated on the ceiling instead of the floor. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, what the fuck is going on here? Don't know. And if you're coming into this from the video game, you're going to be like, what is this? This doesn't... What? We're in an office building? How does that work? I don't know. Stick with me here. Uh, you're not going to be satisfied if you're one of the video game guys. 
but it, it will get nominally better. From there, we're going to cut to a naked Mia Jovovich waking up on a shower floor. Uh, she is apparently passed out mid-shower. And if you really watch this scene, you're going to see a little side boob here, complete with nips, too. And she's got some very pronounced nips. So I don't know how I feel about Mia Jovovich. Sometimes I think maybe I should be beating off to her. But other times I'm like, ah... I don't, I don't, I don't know. This, this, I would call the if if I'm in the mood for a Mia Jovovich uh, beat off extravaganza, this one would probably be a good one, unless she has a sex scene out there somewhere that I'm unaware of and I need to investigate. But uh, she's pretty hot in this one. Well, up until the end, she gets kind of weird at the end. <clears throat> so she gets up, she starts looking around. She's in this stately manner, this huge mansion. And she appears to be all alone in the mansion. Uh, she wanders out of the uh, the bathroom naked, sopping wet, dripping, supple, you know, water, daintily running down her inner thighs. I'm just going to take a minute and further describe Mia Jovovich's body. All right, never mind, I'm done with that. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Uh, so uh, she gets out, she finds a dress, she puts it on, sexy little red number, uh, sees a note on the nightstand and it says, today all your dreams come true. She tries to recreate the note and realizes that she didn't write that because her handwriting is different. Uh, she kind of wanders around a little bit. Right off the bat, we're given the idea that she doesn't know where she is. And because she's all alone in this huge mansion, there's nobody to ask. So maybe she got knocked out and put in the shower or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, we'll find out here in a minute, though. Uh, she starts cruising around. This place is huge. Now, if you are one of the video game dorks, you can get excited about this mansion because the majority of the first video game takes place in a huge mansion. Uh, don't get too excited, though, because we're only going to get about 30 seconds worth of the mansion. She makes it to a huge dining room, uh, starts looking around. All of a sudden, all the windows break, and a, uh, a tactical team comes rappelling in. And they uh, throw down a flashbang, and she's like, what the hell? And then another dude, random guy, in like a, uh, like a t-shirt and jeans, gra- jumps out of the, uh, like the side area there and grabs her. And he's like, come on, we gotta go! But they grab him, the tactical team does, grab him and her, and they're like, get down! And they put the guy in handcuffs. We'll learn more about this dude. And then they, uh, they kind of grab her and pull her aside, and they're like... Report, soldier. We want your report. And she's like, I don't know what the hell is. I don't even know who I am. Can make you report? Because can you report on me? Because I don't. I need a report on me. Can you report on me? I don't know who I am right now. And they're like, Ah, shit. And then one of the other tactical guys rolls up, and he's like, Sir, uh, she was affected by the gas. The Red Queen's security system has been enabled, and. She, uh, side effects include, uh, unconsciousness for up to four hours and short-term memory loss. It'll all come back to her, but it's gotta, the gas has to wear off first. So he's like, okay, we're bringing her with us. Now, right there, uh, we, we, we have our tactical team, which is comprised of seven people. Um, they all have names, but there's no real point in learning them, or at least most of them, because they're going to be dead pretty quick. Uh, we have, uh, Mia Jovovich. And we have this random dude. Uh, once they pull his um, uh, wallet out and look at his ID, we find out his name is Matt. 
and he is a police officer. And he's like, I'm a cop. I just transferred to Raccoon City. They're prob- probably not in their database yet. So they, the, the, after that, they all take their gas masks off, and they're like, we're taking them with us. And we find out that this uh, dining room has a secret passageway, dude. How cool is that? If I had a giant mansion, I would definitely have some secret passageways and uh, two-way mirrors in the bathrooms. Because if you're staying at my house, it's only fair that I get to see your boobies if you have them. Uh, so, you know, I'm just saying if I do and if I invite you to uh, spend the night at my house, I'm not, but this house is way too small that I'm in right here. I can't get a, a secret passageway to anything. But if I had a big, huge house, two-way mirrors, maybe some kind of a camera system because I want to know, uh, you know, what kind of freaky sex my friends are, are into. <laughs> not that I want to join them or anything. I just want to know. I'm curious that way. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm going to put it on the internet. I just want to, hey, you know, she likes it in the, uh, the uh, uh, yeah. So, all right, enough, enough with that. <laughs> See, this is why I'm not allowed to do solo shows most of the time. Because if Buddy and Monica aren't here to steer me, then I go off on these bizarro uh, watching my friends have sex tangents. And I, th- okay, back to Resident Evil. <clears throat> Normally, this is when they're like, hey, asshole, pay attention, focus, your notebook. All right, all right, here I go. Um, so, yeah, there's a secret passage there. And it goes down to a train tunnel, right? And then you get down there, and then there's a train waiting for him. Except, I guess normally there's a guy there to uh, drive the train. He's not there. There's nobody there anywhere, apparently. So at this point, uh, they get down there and they're like, okay, we got to get the train running. So they get the train running and uh, they get on the train. They take it. It goes uh, like a quarter mile somewhere. I don't, I don't know how far it is, but it just goes further underground. And then that's where we get to uh, the, the stopping point for the train. This is when Mia Jovovich grabs him and she's like, hey, I want to know what the fuck is going on. And they're like, okay. Uh, here's what's going on. So they pop the hatch on the train and another dude comes piling out and he's unconscious. And, uh, Mia Jovovich immediately realizes that he's wearing the same wedding ring as hers. So she's like, oh shit, I guess that's my husband. She also recognizes him from some of the wedding photos she saw in the mansion. She's like, oh, okay. I, he handsome devil. He looks like, all right, sure. I'm into it. And he's rich. He's got a big fat mansion with secret passages and shit. Score. I would love to wake up married uh, to a hot porn star. Well, maybe not a porn star. Maybe like a a hot actress. Uh, I don't know who. No names immediately come to mind. But to find out that I had a big fat mansion with secret passageways. uh, She's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's my husband there. What what was he doing in the train? I don't know. So this is where we get the big scoop. Uh, She grabs the the sergeant. uh, And she's like, hey, I want to know what the fuck is happening here. So he tells his computer guy, he brought a computer guy with him, to brief uh, uh, Mia Jovovich and uh, the other guy who's now, the husband who's now kind of coming too. He's got amnesia also because he got the same gas treatment that uh, Mia Jovovich did. So they're both waking up. He's like, okay, listen up. You guys are actually security operatives uh, placed in the mansion to safeguard the emergency exit. The uh, the train that we just took goes to an underground research and development facility known as the Hive. It's owned and operated by Umbrella Corp. Uh, weapons R&D, biochemical manufacturing, all highly illegal, all taking place right here underneath Raccoon City. And they're like, great, that sounds wonderful. Um, 
can we go back to doing that? Because that sounds like a lot more fun than uh, being dragged down here at gunpoint. And he's like, no, the problem is, is, for some reason, we lost contact with the Hive. The security IA system, the Red Queen, went ballistic and killed everybody in it. We got sent down here to find out why. So she's like, oh, okay. Can I go upstairs and watch TV while you do that? No, you're coming with us. Okay. <laughs> so down they go into the hive. We are uh, roughly 1,000 to 2,200 feet underground. Um, that it, now, this is where that opening sequence with the office building took place. And we're going to find out very quickly that the, it looked like it was a high-rise office building, but that was just like exterior lighting and, and you know picture windows and things like that to make people feel like they weren't 3,000 feet underground, which I imagine would get very depressing after a while. So that's cool. Uh, they get down there. Place looks like it's been uh, shot to shit. All the, the scientists are dead. They're all laying on the floor. Uh, some of them are encased in these watery laboratories, which are now filled to the ceiling with water, and I'm sure they drowned. And for some reason, uh, the liquid that they're in there uh, have drowned in is yellow, which makes me think that a lot of the scientists uh, pissed themselves before they died, which I guess would make sense, but it was very yellow. If their piss is that color, they should probably drink more water. Not that it matters now because they're dead anyway. Uh, so down they go. They're, you know, they're checking things out and scoping around the corner with their uh, submachine guns and stuff, and they're being all tactical. Michelle Rodriguez in this movie. Um, I don't know how I feel about her. I, She's hot. She's very attractive. But she's kind of got one mode. And that's to scowl at the camera and at other uh, cast members all the time. That's like her one, her one thing that she does. She just scowls, you know. Look, bitch, and then she gives like a, I don't, I, I should shoot you in the face, motherfucker. And then she gives like a, ooh, come try it then, bitch, or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just that scowl. And uh, I know, I know, she's not. I mean, she, she's a very attractive young lady, but she's kind of made herself like a, um, she plays kind of like a character actress now. You just need an angry, attractive young lady. That's, that's who you go to is a Michelle Rodriguez because that's, that's like her, her one trick pony right there, right? It's like Samuel L. Jackson yelling motherfucker. That's kind of his thing. That's what you got to <laughs> You're not going to write like a romantic comedy around him, are you? I doubt it. All right. Uh, anyway, so they get down there. Um, so they, they, it's clear that the Red Queen, the uh, security AI, has gone ballistic, killed everybody down there. What we don't know is why. So we need to get to the Red Queen's nest or like this weird chamber where all of her processor boards are. And we need to uh, reboot her, I guess, bring her back online and find out what the fuck happened there and why she uh, killed everybody. Now, because we have this rogue cop with the party, we don't want him uh, learning, you know, all this shit about the Umbrella Corporation. So we take Michelle Rodriguez, her, her name is Rain, and we take another guy named JT and we post them in a weapons research facility, like a weird bio weapon facility uh storage area i guess for lack of a better term uh it's like uh you know like they're growing shit like you look it's like these big tombs 
with uh, like observation ports and you you look in there and all you see is like a big brain with tubes running out of it and uh, you know look like something slimy in there and very nasty. You don't want to open that door, whatever it is. Anyway, they leave them there. The rest of the team goes down to the uh, weird processor board chamber because they need to reboot the Red Queen. So they get down there, heavily secure. There's this uh, ridiculously lit uh, hallway that you have to go down to get to the Red Queen's chamber. Uh, They run a bypass, whatever that means. That phrase gets thrown around a lot in military and uh, like, you know, anytime there's industrial espionage and you need to pick an electronic clock, hey, run a bypass on that. Okay. (laughs) I'm running a bypass. We're going to be in here in no time. So that's what they do. They get the door open. Like, okay. Um, the cat, the sergeant goes down there first and he gets all the way to the other side of the hallway where he opens the other door, pops right open. No problem. He's like, okay, we're clear. Move it up. So the rest of the team grabs like this EMP bomb and everybody except for the computer guy goes hauling ass into this hallway. They need to get to the other side where the red queen's chamber is so that they can nuke her, make a reboot and find out what the hell happened. Oh, excuse me. They get halfway down the hallway, both doors seal, locking them in the hallway. Uh, You have the medic, you have the captain, uh, you have uh, a couple of other random dudes who happen to be there for a very short, (laughs) very short amount of time. And what we get here, boys and girls, is a very uh, silly game of limbo, more or less. So the, the hallway lights up and this laser security grid comes out. And it basically starts going back and forth against the hallway, laser slicing the team uh, to shreds. It starts with the medic. She gets decapitated. One guy loses his fingers. Then another guy gets, uh, he's like trying to crawl away, but they give him the low one. Another guy tries to jump over it, but it jumps up with him and cuts him in half. And then lastly, the, the sergeant gets diced. Like, the uh, laser is coming at him, and at the last second, it just spreads out, creating this giant laser net, and basically dices the sergeant. Now, fun fact for you here, inmates. The sergeant was played by a guy by the name of Colin Salmon, or Salmon. I don't know how he pronounces it. Uh, And this would be the first time that he gets diced in a movie. The second time he gets diced in a movie, and it's not the first time. He's one of the few actors in Hollywood that can say he's been diced on multiple occasions. Second time he got diced in a movie was in Alien vs. Predator when the Predator uh, hit him with that retracting net thing that just squeezes the fucking piss out of you until there's nothing left of you but a puddle. He got diced again, this guy. He can't catch a break. He did have a recurring role on um, Arrow, that show. And that show went on for like 25 years. So it was... He's he's a very he's a good actor. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if it's like in his contract that he must be diced at the end or something like that. His character must be uh, cut into fifty thousand pieces, but that's definitely seems to be his thing. So there's that. Well done, Mister Salmon, Salmon, whatever it is. Uh, once the team is completely sliced and diced and dead, uh, the computer guy's like, okay, I'll get it open then. And then he finally gets the doors open. And by then, of course, the team has been cut into bazillions of pieces. And he's like, oh shit, (laughs) 
we gotta con- we gotta continue the mission. So he and um, Spence, we find out the husband's name is Spence, and uh, Mia Jovovich's name is Alice. So Spence, Alice, and uh, the remaining uh, tactical guy, the computer guy, go running down into the Red Red Queen's uh, chamber, and they pull her processor board and put her back in. And we find out that she uh, has like a holographic. A visual representation of a red little girl and she comes out and she's like oh I'm going to die down here and then they're like why did you kill everybody for you crazy bitch and she's like the t-virus was contaminating the uh population security protocols mean that i have to seal the place off and kill everybody inside to make sure that it doesn't escape by the way since i've done it you have T minus one hour to get the hell out of here or i'm gonna blow that's when i'm gonna blow this whole place up and uh, Alice is like, I don't think we need to do that. So she hits the uh, uh, the EMP, shuts down the Red Queen. Uh, and at least now they don't have to worry about the one-hour uh, blow-up thing. So that's cool. Uh, now they make their way back. Now we're going to cut back to, um, what's the name there? Uh, Rain, JT, and Matt, who are in the very dangerous uh, bioweapon crypt area. And they start hearing like a ringing sound and out pops a zombie doctor carrying and dragging an axe on the floor. That part was pretty cool. Now, here's uh, a few problems I have with this movie. And they're about to be showcased right here. Problem number one, CGI. Okay, I get it. It's 2002. Uh, It had a long way to go. But watching it now, it's really bad. Um Especially, like, some of the zombies had, like, CGI decay and uh, CGI, like, eyeballs hanging out and shit like that. You can do that with practical effects, my friend. Tom Savini has made a career out of it, and it usually looks pretty good. Watching it now, it's 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 pretty bad, man. And it's pretty unnecessary also. I'll say that. Uh, problem number two. The zombies themselves. Now... Later on, in a dialogue they have after they turn the Red Queen back on, because they don't have a fucking choice, she's going to explain that the best way to kill the zombies is with a headshot or severe head trauma. Okay, I'm with you there. That's, that makes sense. That fits into what we know and love about zombies, except that Mia Jovovich, Alice, along with uh, a couple other uh, uh, of this tactical team, do a pretty good job of snapping zombie necks, which doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. You can't kill a zombie by snapping its neck, Paul W.S. Anderson, and you should know better. You've made some pretty good movies. Uh, Not only do they snap the zombie's neck, but they can knock the zombie out, unconscious, just to have it get back up and continue. Dude, come on. Come on. Come on now. We... Hey... Did you play the video games, Paul Anderson? Because I don't feel like you did. And number two, I know you've seen other zombie movies. You can't snap a zombie's neck and kill it, sir. All right. All right. Whatever. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, They kill that zombie. Unfortunately, Rain, Michelle Rodriguez, does get bit by it uh, in the, uh, the struggle. Uh, here comes the team or what's left of it, which is at this point, just Spence, Alice and the computer guy. And they're like, Hey, we got to go. 
We got the uh, the hard drives from the Red Queen here. We can get the fuck out of here. You're like, uh, where's the rest of the team? Ah, uh, yeah, um, we're it. We're we're all that's left now. So we're just gonna let's just go get back on that train. Unfortunately, now we have a zombie mob amassing this uh, bio weapons chamber where we're all at. And uh, oh shit, we have a bit of a problem here. So big stupid action scene uh submachine guns going off zombies dying and some of them like they just like they one that one would die and knock another one over but neither one of them would get back up you know i i i hate that if you've if you've already deployed the the computer the image computer generated imagery why not use it to, to show us some headshots? I don't think we got any here. All right, well, whatever. Uh, they blast the shit out of the zombies. Well done. Um, in doing so, they also riddle one of these chamber, these weird uh, tomb, bio-weapon we- bio tomb things full of holes, and uh, it causes an explosion. Kaboom! Uh, while that's going on, everybody kind of backs the zombies off for a minute, which is good. But everybody's trying to get this one particular elevator open uh, so they can get in it and get back up to the train. Uh, the computer guy has the code. Uh, JT, or whatever his name is, is the one trying to put the code in. He gets the code open, and we get a neat little homage to Dawn of the Dead right here because the door opens. Of course, the uh, elevator is full of zombies. They grab uh, JT and immediately eat his ass right there. Uh, from there, um, I think Alice manages to kick open like a weird uh, side tunnel situation, so they all go piling in there. So at this point, we are down to the computer guy, Rain, Michelle Rodriguez, who's been compromised, Spence, uh, Alice and Matt. Matt, in the meantime, has managed to get his handcuffs off. So good for him. And now he's out running around. Excellent. We're doing great. Uh, we go through the uh, the tunnels there. We're trying to find our way back to the train. We get fucked up. Uh, they they the zombies also find their way into the tunnels. So now we got to fight our way out of the tunnels. Another big stupid action sequence. This time we jump up onto some air conditioning, or I don't know what they were. They look like air conditioning ducks. We jump up on top of those, and uh, we're like literally maybe two feet above the the highest point that the zombies can reach, but at least we can relax for a second, and uh, we're also running out of ammo because we did a lot of needless shooting back in the, the weapons chamber there. So we're crawling along. Mind you, rain has been bit. Uh, we're crawling ar- along these this air conditioning duct. At one point, because you know we're all on the same duct at the same time, it fucking collapses. Uh, the computer guy gets bit up pretty good, but he manages to crawl up on the other side. So he's separated from the group, and we have this one of those scenes where you gotta go on without me, man. I'm not gonna leave you. You gotta go without me. I'm a dead man already. You gotta go. I can't leave you. And eventually they leave, like like they always do. Um, And another little homage to Dawn of the Dead. The computer guy has a revolver with one bullet left in the chamber. He puts the gun in his mouth for a few seconds, and then at the last minute he decides no, and then he shoots one of the zombies in the head, and he's like, you're going to have to work for your food. And he crawls back up onto the uh, uh, AC duct or whatever the shit it is. Uh, Cut back to the main group. 
which is now just Rain, who's been bit, Spence, Alice, and Matt. Uh, they're trying to find a way out. Now, periodically as this goes on, we're going to get these weird flashbacks from Alice. Uh, we find out that she was talking to somebody about possibly selling Umbrella Corporation secrets, uh, possibly a reporter. We don't know who because her memories are a little foggy. Uh, we also find out that Matt's sister was employed there at the Hive, and uh, he went there to find her. Very cool. That's why he was there that night. Uh that, that, that's really about it. We run into some zombie dogs. I will say, the zombie dogs were pretty kick-ass. Uh, Alice gets separated from the group. But she has to, to, to do like a fist fight thing with the zombie dogs to get them off her. She uh, gets clear. We find out that Alice is actually a badass because she's throwing like roundhouse kicks at the dogs, doing that cool ninja move where you run up on the wall. Remember that? You haven't seen that in a while. You run up on the wall and you swing your hips around in a full-on ninja washer-dryer kick, I think is what, what, what that particular move is called. I'm not sure. I'm gonna, that's what I would refer to it as, is the washer-dryer <laughs> washer combo wall-mount kick. is what I, I believe that's what the name of that particular move is. Um, so, yeah, she's like a total badass. And she can dual-wield the guns, you know. Uh, that's always that's always a good skill to have. Eventually, she catches up with the group. I'm gonna blaze through a lot of stuff here and just cut to the uh, the what's what's gonna happen. There's a lot of like running around and having flashbacks and killing this zombie and watching out for that zombie and stuff like that. Uh, basically, what we find out at the end is they have to bring the Red Queen back online because she's the only one that can get them out of there. Uh, they do. They have a little chit chat with her. She's like, "Okay, okay. I had to kill everybody because if this T virus horse shit makes it out of the hive, uh, it's going to be apocalyptic." So that's that's kind of you know, it's it's for the good. I just saved the world, by the way. Thank you're welcome for that. Um, she, they're like, "Okay, well, good good on you." Uh, how did it get uh, compromised? And we get another flashback from Alice. Or actually, the flashback this time, I think, was from Spence. We find out that that guy that got bumped into with the coffee, that was Spence, because Spence was the one that went down there, stole the T-virus, let it loose, because this this T-virus is protean, as they say. So it starts as an airborne thing, and then it becomes... um, uh, liquid and then it be, or it starts liquid then it becomes airborne then it becomes a bloodborne pathogen which okay all right I'll, I'll buy that uh now it's in its bloodborne pathogen phase so it's only transmissible via zombie bite which is good otherwise it wouldn't make sense they all would have got it as soon as they opened that first door um so that's kind of cool uh, we find out that uh, Alice was the one, she was going to sell secrets to Matt's sister, who was a reporter who had actually embedded herself in the Umbrella Corporation and gotten the job at the Hive so that she could blow the lid on this uh, illegal R&D and weapons research. Um, that, uh, Spence found out about Alice's betrayal, and thus he wanted to beat her to the punch, uh, get himself a couple vials of the t-virus let it loose in the hive knowing that the red queen was was going to fry everybody uh but he didn't quite make it out in time uh he made it to the train before 
she gassed him. That's why he was unconscious in the train. And he didn't quite make it all the way out. He only made it to the train and then he got gassed. So that's cool. Uh, everything sucks. Uh, Spence lays this heavy bullshit on everybody. And he's like, hey, I still got the virus. I'm going to go ahead and fuck off now. You guys stay here. He locks him in a uh, like a weird office area. You guys stay here. I'm going to go ahead and get the fuck out of here. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go sell this T-virus to the highest bidder. Become the richest man ever. Ever in the history of the world. Now, what I didn't tell you is that during that initial firefight and explosion back in the weird bio-crypt area, one of these fucking monsters got loose. Now, us video game doofuses will recognize this as the liquor. It's basically, um, picture a tiger without its skin and a big stupid brain that is on the outside of its skull, and it has a prehensile tongue. And I don't know if they actually call it the liquor or if that's just what I'm referring it to, referring it as to or whatever, Um, but that's what it is. And that would be okay, except that this whole liquor thing is completely CGI. And uh, there's some parts here that aren't really going to make sense. So Spence makes it back to the tunnel, uh, gets there, we also find out there's a uh, cure for the T-virus, and that, that Spence has that also on him. Um, he gets to the train, and then he gets uh, jumped by the liquor, and the liquor basically bites the living piss out of him, and he dies. Uh, but he's got the uh, cure, and he's got the T-virus. So that's great. Uh, the Red Queen is like, hey, I'll let you guys out of here, un- but you got to do something for me first. What you got to do is kill Rain. Now, Rain's in bad shape. She's got the T-virus, right? She's, like, rapidly deteriorating. She's headed to Zombie Town, and the Red Queen is like, I can't let her leave because she's got the fucking virus, bros. You kill her, I'll pop this door open for you. You make your way to your train, you're out of here. And Rain's like, yeah, you, you probably should kill me. Let's go ahead and kill me. Let's do that. So they're like, no, we're not going to kill you. Yeah, you got to kill me. No, we're not going to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. No, you got to do it. No, you can't do this. And then uh, the uh, second EMP goes off, disabling the Red Queen. And we find out the computer guy actually managed to crawl his skinny ass to safety. And he has been like following them. Uh, just a, f- a couple rooms behind him the whole time, and he heard the whole shit, and he uh, hit his EMP thing, blew the Red Queen, the door opens, we run out there, we get uh, the cure injected into rain, so theoretically she should be good. We get on the train, uh, the computer guy fires it up, we go hauling ass back to the mansion, and this is when the liquor attacks again. Uh, immediately kills the computer guy, who is piloting the train, uh, we shoot the shit out of it. It scratches Matt pretty good across the arm. Uh, we kill, we met, d- d- okay, so the train has Bombay doors. Do you know what that is? Those, those are the big doors that open up on airplanes so that you can drop bombs out of them. Why would, why would a train have a Bombay door? I don't know, but this one does. You can't drop a bomb out of a train. It'll just blow you up. You understand it? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing with this train, but it has a bomb bay door. Uh, the Alice kind of like stakes the, the liquor's tongue to the bomb, to the, the train. Then they open the bomb bay door and the liquor gets dragged to death and, uh, electrocuted, I guess, on the third rail and it catches on fire and it dies. Great. Unfortunately, while that was going on, Rain has become a full on zombie. I guess that cure didn't work and we have to kill her also. 
That sucks. Uh, I, I didn't really like her very much anyway. Uh, we get back up to the mansion. Uh, Matt's in bad shape. Uh, he's got that gnarly gash on his arm, and it's like pulsating now, and there's things coming out of it. Uh, we get up to the mansion. We get to the main entryway, and we're thinking we're home clear, and that's when the door opens, and a hazmat team comes in. Matt is like writhing on the ground holding his arm while it's pulsing and little finger looking things are coming out of it. And the the hazmat team is like, we need to get him to the Nemesis Project stat. And then they grab uh, uh, Alice. She's like kicking and screaming, no, Matt, no. And then they knock her unconscious. And uh, I guess that is theoretically the end of the movie, except we're going to pick up sometime later when Alice regains conscious and she's now in a in a lab slash hospital, uh, twenty eight days later style, and she's got a bunch of tubes coming out of her head. She's got weird patterns in her head shaved, and she's naked except for like three paper towels that are taped to her boobs. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and there's like a whole observation area there, so. We can either put like a like a blanket over her, or we can just leave her naked. Why bother with the three taping down the three paper towels that are going to cover her boobs and vagina? Uh, she pops all the the fucking uh, IVs out of her. And if you really watch this sequence, if you really really watch it, and I mean, I had to get in there with a jeweler's loop to see it, but she comes off the weird uh, barber's chair table thing. And she's all panicked and freaked out. She hits the floor naked. Can't really see anything. But then she starts crawling backwards underneath the barber's chair. And if you're really paying attention, my friends, you can see her vagina lips for uh, maybe a second or two. And she is clean shaven. If uh, if anybody's curious about Mia Jovovich's downstairs area. Not a, not a pube to be had. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, she gets, uh, like a, a lab coat on. She runs a bypass on the electric clock, uh, uh, block. I don't know why I said clock, uh, gets out into the lab. It's, it's full on 28 days later, uh, gets out into raccoon city. It's apocalyptic. She finds herself a shotgun. Uh, we get a little call back to day of the dead where she walks past a newspaper and the headline reads the dead walk. And uh, that's pretty much the end of your movie there, boys. That's re- that's the first Resident Evil, all right? Um, I rem- Like Tony, I remembered liking this quite a bit when it came out. Watching it now, it's very silly. And um, it's not... It's not very... It's not tr- there's very little to do with the video games here. So that kind of sucks, because the, the video games are very cinematic... Um, there were some of the first video games to ever have like live actors, uh, with the, in the cutscenes instead of just, you know, CGI cartoons running around. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's good. I would say it's good by 2002 action movie standards. Okay. Uh, it's not good by 2002 horror movie standards. And it's definitely not good 20 years later uh, by any standards, <laughs> in my opinion. It did spark a franchise, but I think that was mostly based on Mia Jovovich being hot 
and her doing all kinds of fun kickflips and dual-wielding submachine guns and things like that. This is kind of like, now that I think about it, this is kind of like the uh, Fast and Furious of, of horror, really. You know what I mean? I, does that make sense to anybody other than me? Probably not. All right, well, I'm going to take myself a break. Uh, it's it's uh, Apocalypse next week, Resident Evil Apocalypse. So we're going to pick this right up where we left off next week. I'm going to take myself a break. I'll come back with some other stuff, boys.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back, boys. We did it. We made it through the first Resident Evil movie. You know what, man? Um, if I was stuck down there with a bunch of freaking zombies in that liquor thing, what? I, you're going to die. Why not just turn the Red Queen back on and let her incinerate you? Really? I mean, that's the one thing I never understood about most of these zombie movies. They get down there and they're like, okay, well, I don't want to die here in the shopping mall or the army base or whatever safe haven we found during the zombie apocalypse. I'd rather take my chances and try to go somewhere else. No, all the flesh eating zombies are down there or out there or wherever. If you're safe, stay there. Don't go out there. You're going to get eaten to death. They're going to bite you to death. You understand that? That sucks. I would rather die of starvation. Uh, I'll put that gun in my mouth. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I will uh, let the Red Queen incinerate me if it's for the good of mankind and contaminating the T-virus. What I'm not going to do is take my chances with the living dead. God, people. That's a, that, that's like a that's like a trope for zombie movies. I find it um, a bit absurd. Well, that's just that's just me. You guys ready to get into the Terror Dome? Let's get it on. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. To the Terradome. First, last week's winner in the uh, Asylum Conference Round 13, 14. Excuse me. We had Pyramid Head from the Silent Hill movies versus Kaiko from the Grudge movie. The vengeful spirit was formidable, fast, and ferocious, but the advantages that she had in the real world didn't necessarily apply in Silent Hill. Without a mouth, the demon couldn't scream. Without a heart, it couldn't fear. But with the darkness and despair behind it, it could kill, as Kayako came to realize. With a vote of 8-3, to three, Pyramid Head advances over Kayako. That means that our Asylum Conference Championship is going to be Pyramid Head versus um, Freddy. How do you like that shit? 
That's something to look forward to. That's a couple weeks out. First, we got to get back over to the Inferno Conference. Uh, we are in round 13. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good about, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a very good writer to start with. And when I have to deal with this nonsense, when I have to write about produce, I get even worse. So this is really your own fault. All right, here we go. Big cities can provide good hiding places. With that many people and that much traffic, it's easy to blend into your surroundings and vanish without a trace. Even for a veteran and a refugee of the last great tomato war. Baggy hooded clothing with subterranean tunnels made movement easy for the tomato warrior. He'd planned to continue his unique brand of warfare once he'd gotten a better lay of the land. Carefully and diligently, he orchestrates a series of terror attacks throughout the city designed to terrify and remind the humans that the tomato threat is still real and relevant. But he's met only with dismay as the majority of his attacks are attributed to a renegade cop. Matthew Cordell, the maniac cop, had been on some sort of revenge odyssey through New York, and now every murder in the Big Apple was being blamed on him. The tomato couldn't allow this to continue. In singles competition, we have the tomato versus the maniac cop. The tomato, the fucking tomato versus the maniac cop, okay? I did, it's a tomato, people. I don't know why we're still talking about a tomato. I'm clearly taking the Maniac Cop. I couldn't understand anybody taking the tomato over any of the other people that the tomato has already beaten. It's a goddamn tomato. What are we doing here, people? All right, that's your Tarot Dome matchup for the week. It's the tomato versus the Maniac Cop, Matthew Cordell, who's undead, by the way, uh, can and does use firearms, and can run you over with his police cruiser, and can do all of those things while he's on fire. Think about that, okay? Tomato, get the fuck out of here. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. The email is thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Get me your votes by next week if you can, and we will jump right back into it next week. In the meantime, my friends, I've got to tell you what movies I got to watch this week. With all my holiday partying, I didn't get... Uh, actually, I only got one in, really. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Uh, Death Valley from 2021. Shudder is pushing the shit out of Death Valley from 2021. I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't care for it myself. It's basically uh, the same movie that I just reviewed, Resident Evil, if it was made by the Sci-Fi Channel. I, I, it has all the trappings of a Sci-Fi original. Horrible acting, bargain basement uh, special effects, Tired storyline. It's the same thing we just saw. A team of mercenaries is going into a top secret lab to rescue some scientist and try to extract some information, data, hard drive, something or other. We've seen this hundreds of times. This is no different than any other uh, one that we've seen. Very mild on the violence. uh, Very uh, just uh, it's got like it, it. 
it's one of those movies that I told you about that don't seem to have any soul or originality to them. There were some uh, neat, like, little... The mo- the monster in this one is basically a liquor from Resident Evil. I mean that in more ways than one. It's got the big brain sticking outside of its skull. It's got the claws, and it kind of goes up on the ceiling and shit. Uh, really, they should have called this Resident Evil 9 or whatever the hell it's up to. Not a good show. Not a, a very good show, in my opinion. Uh, that's all I got to look at this weekend, mates. Let's get into some immersion therapy, shall we? Immersion therapy. Why does every fucking ghost movie have to be an allegory for something else these days? You notice that? Uh, the guy is haunted by his uh, what, the fucking scary thing in the basement. It's actually his loneliness. Uh, the Babadook was a big thing uh, about the, the wife's grief. I get it. Now, this was the exact same thing, except this time the ghost was actually her PTSD. Now, they could have done a little bit better job. Oh, I'm talking about It Never Sleeps from 2014. Uh, we watched this one on Tubi. Uh, they, they, they telegraphed the ending, and since they played the um, combat veteran card right up front, we knew exactly what, what the ghost was, right? And then at the end, she, she apologizes to the ghost, and the ghost forgives her, which is really just uh, her forgiving herself. It's basically uh, survivor's guilt and her letting go of it. So there was no ghost at all. It was just her PTSD, and or PT, PTSD, yeah, uh, and that was it. And if this was the first ghost movie I had ever seen, I might be shocked by it or something like that. But this is a full 10 years after The Babadook, okay? We know what that means. We know what that looks like. Um, how, about a go- how about a haunted house? How about we start there? How about uh, the ghost of uh, some uh, dead, uh, I don't know, housewife that it, her body is in the basement? How about we just leave it at that? We don't need to know about, uh, uh, you know, the uh, feeling bad about your parents getting divorced. That has nothing to do with anything. That's not a ghost. That's you being a nutsack. That's what that is. Make a ghost movie about a fucking ghost, dude. Why do we have to keep doing this? Because it worked once. <laughs> it worked one time in Australia, and now we're going to copy and paste that formula and just make minor little tweaks to it, and now we're fucking stuck with this shit. All right, not that I'm complaining, and for all intents and purposes, the ending and the allegory um, was standing. I guess there's really nothing wrong with It Never Sleeps. I just am never going to watch it again. Uh, I feel no need to. There, there, there wasn't anything that really kept my interest. And if it wasn't for us doing it for this show, I probably would have turned turned it off and found something else to do with my time. That being said, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Pig from 2021, starring Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolf. You can find this little bad guy over on Hulu. Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same. I will do the same. And we can compare notes next week, huh? Now, my friends, it is time to educate Darian. I promised you an easy one this week, right?
Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Well, fuck me if the zombie apocalypse didn't start in Central Africa. Uh, I was part of a military team and my plane went down in the goddamn ocean. I managed to survive that part, but now I got to find my way back to an airbase so I can get back to England to, to my family. Uh, luckily, I managed to befriend a local soldier and me and him are going to try to work together uh, through these African zombie apocalypse. It's a real motherfucker, man. Uh, and he's, yeah, I got to try to help him find his son too. I am of course the dead, which is a great zombie movie. And what I like about this is that it's just a zombie movie. You know what I mean? Speaking again to the, the weird allegories and the, you know, like Tom Hardy brought up how the military and the scientists always have to be the biggest assholes. We, we, we didn't get any of that with the dead. With the dead, it's these two poor schmucks in the middle of a, uh, zombie apocalypse, just trying to get back to their loved ones. Nobody cares how it started or who whose fault it is or what this guy did to this guy. It's just these two guys and they're they formed an uneasy alliance and they're trying to work together to help each other out and that's that. Good show all the way around. Who might I be this week you ask? Well, I am a hot med student who is uh in need of some extra cash on the weekends and considered plying my trade well, I mean, I was gonna just going to try to make some quick money at the local strip club, but I walked into this weird situation, and now I kind of got like an extra little side gig doing weird things to weird people. Everything was going smoothly until I went to my uh, uh, one of the doctor's uh, highfalutin parties, and the motherfucker drugged and raped me. Now, I'm going to take it out of his ass. And I mean that in more ways than one, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Who might I be, you ask? Clue in next, I'll clue you in next week if you tune in. <laughs> tune in next week and I'll tell you is what I'm trying to say. Um, in the meantime, I think that's going to about do it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. Hope you had a happy new year. We do have a Patreon campaign running, if anybody gives a shit. $5 donation will get you control of the month of March plus a padded room t-shirt, plus a padded room travel mug, and uh, our, of course, eternal gratitude for your kindness and hospitality. As if you don't already have that, if you're listening to the sound of my voice. Um, paddedroompodcast.com is where you find the link to uh, the Patreon, as well as anything else you need to know about us, our affiliate programs, Horror for Dummies, those fine Australian gentlemen, and uh, the rest of the family over there. In the meantime, join me next week for Resident Evil Apocalypse here in a franchise February. Um, I think that's about it. So yeah, for Buddy and Absentia, Monica and Absentia, uh, zombies, fucking, you can't snap their necks, okay? They're already dead. They don't, they're central, uh, whatever. Um, liquors, movies that are based on video games that... Um, we thought we loved, but actually aren't that great when you watch them again. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Put my hands up, dance with the heat.